feel free. Okay, we haven't planned any questions yeah, yeah. here. So <laughs> that was that was a pretty big, that was pretty brave of Daniel. I mean, I could ask you anything, but I won't. Uh, I would like to say your glasses are looking amazing. Thank so you. Brand new glasses, Specsakers. <laughs> um, I think I should just get off. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Daniel had barbed wire holding his glasses together yesterday. So. <laughs> hey guys, good morning. Uh, in Zambia, we greet each other in Jesus' name. Amen? That's what we say in Zambia. So, um, yeah, thank you for having us. It's a real delight and a privilege to be here this morning with you guys. Um, actually, just before I forget, I better put my timer on. Um, so we live and we work in Zambia, which you can see here in, on the picture. And um, we have an organisation called SIM. And we've been in Zambia for maybe four and a half years uh, working there. And um, before we get into it, we just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's been praying for us, who's been supporting us. Uh, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, lovely to be back here and um, be with you guys this morning. And um, yeah, excited to have this opportunity to just share a bit. So we have really appreciated your prayers and support. So thank you. Yeah. Um, so as I said, we live and work in Zambia. And uh, we work with a church denomination called the Evangelical Church of Zambia. It's kind of like the Baptist Church. And we're working with them to do discipleship with university students. And we've got some pictures here to show you guys. And, the, and so this is the main university in Zambia. It's called UNSA. And um, the students there um, from the church, they meet every single evening. It could be for a Bible study, a prayer time, um, discipleship class, or even like a church service. So they meet at the university. And so we get to be a part of that, which is really cool. Um, so here's some pictures of those kind of things happening. Um, sometimes we meet outside. We were able to start a discipleship class there. Um, when we first started it up, we had five students coming. And uh, they've been coming for over a year to that now. And um, now at the end, we have over 20 students who attend that uh, discipleship class. So it's actually getting too big. So we need to split into two groups, I think, now. Uh, so it's really cool. This is another university. So we're working with the church um, to support students at all universities in the city. So um, As many as possible. As many as possible, I should say. And uh, this is another one. This is called Levi Manuasa Medical University. So they train doctors and nurses and pharmacists. And for a whole year, we tried to start up a discipleship class there. It was really hard to start it up, but we finally managed to do it after a year, and this is pictures of that happening. And I just wanted to share a quick story about this. Uh, one of the discussion questions we had in the discipleship class was, if Jesus came back today, would you be acceptable to him? And uh, most of the students thought, no, no, they wouldn't. But one student put his hand up straight away, and he said, yep, I'd be acceptable. And the other students asked him, how can you say that? What if you had just sinned or done something bad? And uh, this student told them, uh, my salvation is not based on my work, it's based on Jesus' work. And uh, the students, some of the students, two especially, finally understood the gospel, um, that, that salvation is based on Jesus' work, not ours. Um, another thing we've been able to do is um, set up a, we've called it a committee, a campus ministry committee, and these are um, the leaders, some of the leaders who are in it. And so we go around with these guys and we're training leaders in different churches. 
um, university leaders and visiting churches. You can see here we're visiting a church. And yeah, it's just um, we, we love the ministry we get to be a part of. We also uh, meet one-on-one uh, with leaders. And um, this is just a picture. Um, most of what I do, especially, is in the evenings because that's when the students are free. And so in the mornings I help with homeschooling and do preparation in the office. And this is a picture of the office. I'll hand it over to Anita now. Yeah, so I, I am busy mostly with homeschooling, but it's fun to play a small part and um, meet with some girls for discipleship, Bible studies, hangout times. Here we are having a big braai. It's a barbecue in our backyard there. Um, times of worship, and, and they like to do all sorts of um, fun activities, so they go around and they wash people's cars without asking, and then they go and collect the money afterwards, and <laughs> <laughs> and they organise these big outings, and so there's lots of social stuff as well, um, which is really fun. We get to be a part of that as a family. Um, this is our schoolroom. Not sure who chose to paint it blue, um, but this is Priscilla occupying herself while we do school. Um, we live on a compound. Um, with about 120 sort of church um, staff and the the church that we are a part of is in the middle there so it's really cool getting to um, just walk to church and also just do life with the community there that we're a part of. Um, Sunday mornings, um, we're involved with lots of, uh, you know, small group staff and helping with Sunday school. Um, one of the photos there, you can see a bunch of kids crammed into our lounge to watch a Jesus cartoon. Just a few quick photos of our neighbourhood, the shops that we go to, the market that we buy our fresh produce at, and this is our house. And we like this house. It's the original farmhouse, so it's a very old house. There's snakes and creepy crawlies and stuff, but... You know, um, you know, we have dealing with rubbish and funerals and weddings, just like you guys, um, but just slightly different. So, um, yeah, life is busy and full, but we, we really do love what we get to be a part of. Um, I had my sister come over for a missions trip. Some of you may have heard this is a photo of them over there. Um, and then just the last slide um, to, sh- to show a photo of some things that we were able to buy with money given to donate to Sunday schools and we provide all the students with snacks and drinks and stuff um, at all our get-togethers so your giving is greatly appreciated it goes a long way your prayers um, have been felt, have been needed um, and so we come back feeling very blessed and yeah. very loved and supported. And so, yeah, just th- the main thing we want to say is thank you. Yeah. 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 So um, if you'd like to know more about what we do, we have a newsletter sign-up sheet up the back up there. And we also have fridge magnets you can put on your fridge if you want to be praying for us. Thanks. Um, yep. So I think uh, now we'll switch over to the Bible. So if you have your Bibles... Uh, Please turn with me to Luke chapter 14. 
Luke chapter 14, and we're going to read from verse 25 to 33. Uh, Before we read that, I'd just like to pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to meet together in this um, beautiful church. Thank you for the sunshine that's outside. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that we have your word right here in front of us. Thank you that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword and it it speaks into our hearts. Help us to hear from you this morning. Lord, I pray that I will not get in the way of what you want to say to us this morning. We just invite you to speak into our hearts this morning, God. I want to proclaim that we love you. Thank you that you're with us. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 33. And I'm reading from the ESV. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him of 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And uh, these are Jesus' words. Um, So let's get some background first. We see Jesus is healing people. He's teaching people, casting out demons, and he's doing many miraculous things. Jesus is saying crazy things, things people have never heard of before. And in this passage, Jesus gives two brief stories he, he seems to like teaching in stories or parables. And um, these stories illustrate the importance of counting the cost of following Jesus, of giving everything up for Jesus. And we can see clearly from this passage that following Jesus is to have priority over everything. And he uses some strong words. And um, his teaching was challenging back then, and it's challenging today, 2,000 years later, isn't it? And so let's get into it. The first verse there in verse 25, we see the Bible says that great crowds were accompanying Jesus. They were probably wondering, what's he going to do next? What amazing thing is he going to do next? Maybe they were thinking, I'm going to get some more free food. 
there are a lot of people physically following Jesus. They probably saw a crowd and wanted to see what was going on. And these people didn't actually think what Jesus would have them do to follow him, what he would really have them do. They are following Jesus without considering or planning or committing to anything. They're just going to see what he's going to do. And truly following Jesus means a lot more than just joining a crowd, doesn't it? And so Jesus says to them in verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And um, let's not take what Jesus is saying wrong. Jesus is not actually telling us to hate someone. That's not what he's saying. And uh, just for reference, we can turn to First John chapter 4. And I'm just going to read two verses there. First John chapter 4 verse 20 and 21. It reads, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he, who, sorry, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So Jesus is not actually telling us to hate someone. Let's not take his words wrong. He's actually talking about value here in this verse. What do you value your most? What do you value the most? And he mentions, is it your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, or is it your own life? What's of most value to you? This is what Jesus is talking about here. If these things are of most value to you, Jesus says here in verse 26, then you cannot be my disciple. That's what he's saying to the crowds. You cannot truly follow me. He's telling the crowds, that the most important thing to them, the thing of most value, should be following him. We should count everything else as worthless compared to following Jesus. That's what he's saying in this verse. Let's see what he says next, verse 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And I love this verse because Jesus is talking about the cross, but he hasn't died on it yet. So the disciples actually have no idea what's going to happen. And Jesus is talking about the cross already. So what does he mean here by bearing the cross? When Jesus bore the cross, it meant that he was going to give up his life for others, doesn't it? And that's what he's, he's saying uh, the crowds need to do, or, or we need to do today. We need to be willing to give up our lives for others. Or he uses that phrase again in verse 27. 
or otherwise you cannot be my disciple. And, um, and did you know that there are people willing to do that? There are people willing to do that. Think about each one of the 12 disciples, or maybe I should say the 11 disciples. They were willing to give up their lives, to carry that cross for others. You know, we're probably here today as a result of what the disciples did, aren't we? We're here today because they were willing to give up everything. That's a biblical example. What about a modern-day example? Modern-day example, I think of um, a Muslim who becomes a Christian. There are Muslims who become Christians. And um, they decide, you know what, the most important thing to me is Jesus. So they decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. And um, they could lose their parents over this decision. They could lose their siblings over this decision. And this is happening quite a lot to Muslims. They decide to follow Jesus and they get disowned by their family. They decide the cost is worth it. Let's keep reading. Verse 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost? whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. And so we've got the first story here that Jesus tells, and it's about building a tower, or we could say about building a house, it's the same thing. Before we build a house, we need to think, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. Do I have the funds? Do I have the, the money to do this? And Jesus is saying the same about deciding to follow him. We have to think about it seriously. This is a serious decision. Am I willing to pay the price it's going to cost to follow Jesus? We can, we can actually ask Jesus. We can pray to him. What am I valuing more than you in my life? And he'll show us. And then we need to be obedient when he shows us and remove those things. Let's read the second story there. Uh, we're on th- verse 31. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. And so this is the second story that Jesus tells here. And now he's talking about war. And following Jesus is like a spiritual battle. It's not easy. It's difficult. It can be very hard And it's going to cost a lot. Are we willing to pay the price for what it costs to follow Jesus? Discipleship is defined as following Jesus or carrying the cross. And we can see that it's completely vital to discipleship, to following Jesus, to give up everything from what he's saying here. It's not optional, not suggested. 
or advised. And following Jesus is not a low-cost form of faith. It's a high one, isn't it? Jesus finishes um, this passage of Scripture by saying, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all he has cannot be my disciple. And so he, he's used that cannot be my disciple three times. That's the last time he uses it here. And he says, Anyone who does not renounce everything he has cannot be my disciple. And so we see Jesus is asking for everything. And it, it feels heavy speaking about this, doesn't it? Feels heavy. And the reason I'm, I'm speaking about this this morning is because this, this passage really challenges me. It challenges me deeply. That's why I'm speaking about it this morning. And why I wanted to share it with you guys. It challenges me. And like I said, it feels heavy. But there's a light part to this as well. There's an amazing part to this as well. An amazing part, an incredible part, is that this is an invitation, yes, to give up everything. But it's an invitation to have a hope that's secure. It's an invitation to have peace which passes all understanding. It's an invitation to have joy. Even at your worst moment in your life, you can experience utter joy following Jesus. Even before you go and be with him for eternity, you can experience joy here on earth through giving everything to Jesus. And I wanted to encourage you guys and challenge you guys this morning with Jesus' message. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your words, which were so challenging 2,000 years ago, and they still are today. Thank you that um, you want a personal relationship with each one of us. Help us to be willing to give up everything to you. Thank you for this church. Help this church to be a light to the community here in Alexandria, God.